What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? A very special episode of Offside Hockey Talk coming to you tonight. We are talking to Scott Miller, the author of the brand new book, Leading the Pack, 50 Years of the Sudbury Wolves, the history. Scott, how is it going tonight? It's going very well. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me. How are you guys doing? Not too Good. bad, not too Thank bad. You. And as always, we have my co-host to my side here, Mr. D4, Mr. Dylan Fournier. Dylan, how's the night treating you? It's not too shabby. Had a solid, rel- relaxing Sunday. Had a beer league game earlier today, so uh, nothing but chill vibes this evening. There we go. Well, let's start it off with this. There can be only one wolf with its tail in the air. This is the wolf, and this is an amazing tale. Who am I quoting there, Scott? Uh, that's Ron McLean. That's uh, the, the endorsement he kindly offered for my book. And, uh, of course, with a name like Ron McLean, that uh, ended up going on the front cover. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that was his quote. And uh, I hugely appreciated to, to get uh, that from him. So 50 years of the Sudbury Wolves being covered by yourself in this book. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, how did this all come about? Because obviously, and we'll, we'll preference this by saying I've had Mike Camito on a few times. And I've picked his brain about his books and how he goes in the writing process. For you, how did this come about? Did the team approach you? Did you approach the team? What went into this to begin this process? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you mentioned, you know, Mike. So actually, um, how it started is uh, well, I, I met Mike at Laurentian University. I was a teaching assistant for him when he was uh, when he was teaching there. Um, but I mean, this is a subject I've always been interested in, the history of the suburb Wolves. I, I had written a, an essay in my undergrad about the, the memorial Cup champion, Cub Wolves in 1932. Um, So then uh, a couple of years ago, three years ago now, 2019, Mike Camito, as well as uh, another professor who taught Mike uh, when he was a student and as well as me, Mark Kuhlberg, uh, the three of us were going to do this initially as a uh, co-project. It was just something with the 50th anniversary coming up. We're all hockey fans and and writers and so forth. So uh, we were going to just do it as a group project. But, um, you know, before it could even really get underway, uh, Mike and Mark, they both uh, indicated that they were you know, really just too busy uh, with other projects and, and work and family and so on. So uh, they offered or not offered, just let me know that they you know wouldn't be able to commit to it, but I was welcome to go out on my own. So uh, then I went out uh, and became the sole author and that's sort of how it came to be. So uh, in a roundabout way, I, you know, I wrote that essay a number of years ago and, and now I have the whole book and um, that's sort of how it, how it, uh, the, the roots of the project was with Mike and Mark. So, Getting everything together for this book, mm-hmm. obviously a lot of research, a lot of different things. Um, how did you piece it together to make everything flow the way that you wanted? Um, where did you start? Where did you end? Was there one particular part where you're like, I'm going to start here first, mm-hmm. and I don't care if I have to work backwards or forwards to get to where I need to be? How did it start coming together? What was the idea board like getting this book you know, placed together? Right, yeah, well. I mean, once I realized it was going to be a, a solo project, I really had to kick the planning into to overdrive. And, and, you know, it's it's a lot different when you got two people working with you and you just have your section. So I generally did it chronologically. So, you know, like I mentioned, the Cub Wolves, the Cub Wolves won a Memorial Cup in 1932. That's obviously longer than 50 years ago. So how is it that the Sudbury Wolves have won a Memorial Cup? Yeah, we're only celebrating 50 years. So I went basically almost to the beginning of of the history of Sudbury and then when people first started playing hockey here in little clubs and then sort of how the, the roots of the Sudbury Wolves came to be, which is really over a hundred years as the first sort of Sudbury Wolves teams existed around 1920. 
just after World War One. So I, you know, I, before I, I wanted to do it chronologically so that I kind of knew what I was talking about, before, you know, as I went along and had the necessary context. So uh, there was there was some good local resources here, just about history of hockey and Sudbury in general. Um, not a full book on the wolves like this, but uh, that helped. And uh, you know, reading through a lot of newspaper articles at the archives, uh, Sudbury Star, um, other local sort of newspapers, Northern Life. Uh, things like that. Um, and I looked at the statistics a lot. Uh, you know, you can tell a lot about how, how things went uh, without really even reading about it just by seeing, you know, a team's record, right? If they have a losing record and miss the playoffs, you could probably guess, you know, they uh, coach maybe got fired. They maybe made some trades, you know, they probably didn't have, you know, the best roster, so to speak. So then, you know, before I would even write about a particular season, because I do go through every every single of the last 50 seasons up until last season gets covered. So I would usually, I would go over the stats, see, was there any franchise records that year? Did somebody, you know, set a big record, things like that. And then I would just piece it together. And then, um, you know, I did interview different people for the book. So then when I would talk with them, depending on, you know, sort of what era they were, they were with the Wolves in, I would ask them certain questions, or maybe they would say something that I had no idea about. And then I would work that into the story or uh, things like that. So there wasn't, um, you know, and it was just kind of chipping away at it bit by bit. Uh, you know, I didn't have a, necessarily a master plan. Just I had a deadline and an idea of what I wanted to do, and, and it all came together. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Um, now, I, I just took a peek of, you know, some of the former <laughs> NHLers and some that are in the league now. Uh, were there any players that you jumped to to ask for an interview? And if so, what was your favorite uh, interview that you did? Yeah, so generally how I got the interviews was it was through the Wolves. So the Wolves have been pretty supportive of the project. Like they helped, they provide uh, provide a lot of photos for the book, and uh, you know they've helped promote it in general. So that's been great. So then usually most people I got in touch with was uh, the Wolves. I guess you know they would have the contact information of pretty much all their alumni. So they sent out kind of a general call, like, hey, there's this local author, he's writing this book. Um, if you're interested, here's his information and they would reach out to me, I guess, because of course they don't want to just be giving out, you know, in some cases, NHL players, phone numbers, right. They want to make sure they're okay with it. So I, I didn't really reach out myself. I just, you know, I think it gave it a certain legitimacy to not just me being like, Hey, I'm writing a book. You want to talk to me versus, you know, the Subway Wolves team saying, yes, like we're aware of this project, you know? Um, so and then to answer your question, someone I thought it was pretty cool as far as players go, uh, would be Randy Carlisle. Obviously, you know, played for them in the yeah. 70s, but, you know, had a great playing career himself and, and coaching career, won the, won the Cup with Anaheim. Um, and he actually, uh, so it was cool to talk to him just because of, you know, who he is. And he was, he was, uh, it was just interesting to, to speak with him. And we actually had the book launch last Saturday and uh, he happened to be in Sudbury for a wedding. So he actually showed up. So that was pretty oh, wow. cool. Yeah, I know that was pretty cool, um, which been really kind of him. He was just in the area, so he stopped by and I gave him a, a copy as a thank you. So it was cool to speak to someone like him who, who had such a you know great junior career and then probably really even a better pro career when you think about it. So uh, I would say him and I mean, his numbers retired by the team. So uh, kind of a Wolves legend. So as far as players go, he was pretty cool. And, and I spoke to a, a few others as well, but he kind of stands out. Now for you, when you're writing these stories and getting things put together for the book, is there a point in time where you're got to, you got things done, everything's done for a section but then someone reaches out or someone gives you a tidbit of information and it really has to be reworked the entire thing. Did that happen during this process? I've heard of it happening to other authors for you. Was it something or did you say, Hey, I've already got this done. 
So maybe we can add this into a different spot or did you rework things as it was rolling? Yeah, I would rework things as it was rolling up until like basically the last minute when my publisher would say like, okay, like we have to send this to print, no more changes. Um, so no, there would be a few things like uh, one of the last people I ended up interviewing really only maybe six months ago was Bobby Showmont, who he's from Sudbury. He, he, had a, he had a playing career in Europe and so on, but he's from Sudbury and played for the Wolves and he has the OHL Ironman streak. He played 272 consecutive games, never missed a game. So, and that's the league. That's not just yeah. the Sudbury Wolves. He has the OHL Ironman streak and he dropped, uh, he actually dropped the puck at the uh, the home opener on Friday. So it was cool that they got someone like him. So he was one of the last people I interviewed. So, uh, no, there was nothing dramatic, nothing like hugely that completely threw a wrench in anything I wrote. But, you know, of course, I wasn't going to turn out, down an interview with, with him. So I would just go back. And if he had a certain quote, I would just, you know, it was still on my desktop. I would just reword it, throw in the quote there or, or things like that. There was nothing really hugely dramatic. Um, I don't know. Did you guys see the segment about uh, that Mike Camito was a part of about the Wolf on the Wire on Sportsnet? Did you guys happen to catch that? I did catch that. Uh, now, obviously, I don't remember word for word, but I did catch that, yes. Right, right, of course. Yeah, no, it was just a little segment. But so that that was uh, that uh, I watched that as well. And, and I remember going back and I added a few things just on that, like about, uh, you know, how, how, uh, uh, other teams that apparently stolen the wolf and then returned it, things like that. So, uh, but I mean, at that point, you know, as, again, until it was the last moment uh, that I couldn't couldn't add anything. If I thought it was worth including, I would just go back and throw it in there, and um, you know, find a way. Um, you know, it, it, it never nothing really too dramatic ever really ruined my plan. So, the, you know, the more info and the more stories, the better. I tried to try to get as much in there as I could without uh, you know getting too overboard or anything. So, now in writing this book. Did you learn things that maybe you didn't know that were kind of revealing for different time periods, you know, where you get to get into the minutia a little bit more, especially where you're interviewing people and they allow you to, you know, kind of pick their brains and get actualities that happened during that time. Did you pick up anything that you didn't know? Yeah, oh, I learned a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing was probably the pre, the the earlier than 50 years, because I mean, at the Sudbury Arena, uh, you know, they have the banner for the, the 1932 Memorial Cup championship, but I, I never really knew like the connection or like, how, you know what I mean? Like if this team's yeah. only this many years. So that was, that was kind of cool to learn and, and piece that together and understand that, you know, it wasn't the Sudbury Wolves we're talking about now. It was like an earlier team with that name. But um, so that, the, the, the pre-1972 stuff, I really learned a lot because um, there was also two Don Cherry played for a team called the Sudbury Wolves because uh, here in Sudbury in the late 50s, early 60s, it was called the Eastern Professional Hockey League. So okay. it was like a, it was like a minor minor league of the NHL. So and then there was the Sudbury Wolves. There's a team in Kingston, Montreal. It only lasted four years and then it then it folded. But um, there was a Sudbury Wolves team and Don Cherry played for them. Dave Keon, Jerry Cheevers. So stuff like that. I didn't really know. Like I knew Don Cherry played for the Sudbury Wolves from watching that documentary about him a few years ago. But again, I didn't really know what that meant. How, yeah. how, could, he, how could he play for a junior team when he was 28? It didn't make any sense. So um, and then other stuff, too. I mean, stuff I learned. Um, you know, the 80s, the 1980s were a really bad time for the Sudbury Wolves. Uh, they were the worst team in the CHL, like statistically the worst team. They uh, they made the playoffs once and got swept, so didn't win a single playoff game for the whole decade. 
And uh, they almost, uh, you know, the, the city of Sudbury as well was still very much a, a one resource sort of mining town. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, downturns in the inter international nickel market. And, uh, you know, there's a strike in, in, in some points in the early 80s, pretty high unemployment. So the city wasn't doing great economically. And then as a result, you know, the team was struggling. So the team wasn't doing well financially. So there was serious concern that the team was going to have to fold or be sold. Uh, was going to have to fold or be sold. And uh, so, I, I mean, it's, in my lifetime, that's never really been a serious concern. So I learned a lot about that, just how, you know, difficult the 1980s were. Uh, on the ice for the team and, and financially and really for the community as a whole. And then by the, the latter half of the 80s and by the early 1990s, it kind of turned around and, and uh, sort of saved the franchise in a sense. So that, that was, for me, uh, I learned a lot about, about those two eras probably the most. Now, when it comes to, I guess, people you interviewed for the book, mm -hmm. obviously you talked about people, you know, reaching out to you. When your phone rang at a certain point in time, you talk about Randy Carlisle, is there anybody else you're like, holy smokes this person is calling me right now and you got to kind of shake off the fan part of it and be like all right i got questions i need answered is there someone outside of him that called you as well that you're like wow all right this conversation could be really fun i really got to get the focus on here yeah no that, i mean everyone was great to speak to and then and, and everything like that but somebody too was kind of was almost surreal i see the the leaf stuff you guys got back there i know your leaf fans <laughs> speaking to uh speaking to joe bowen was pretty cool just to hear oh, his yeah. voice over the phone like you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, you hear the holy Mackinac and you hear the play by play, but, that, but that's just his actual voice, right? Yeah. Like, hey, Scott, how are you? It's like, is somebody like pranking me right now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he actually sounds like that. Like that's his voice, right? That's, and so he was really nice as well. And, he, you know, he, he's from Sudbury and he started his broadcasting career covering the Wolves on the radio. And now his son is actually who played, you know, a few games for the Wolves as a goalie is now doing play by play. So it's kind of cool that this, you know, we have another Bowen on the way up. So, um, yeah, so probably just be as a Leafs fan, just to speak to him over the phone and hear his voice over the phone and be like, you know, all these years listening to him call the Leafs games and, and all that. Uh, that was pretty, that was pretty surreal. And, and he had some good stories too. He was very, uh, very friendly and, and uh, pretty funny as well. So I, I'd say Joe Bowen was, was pretty cool. That and a lot a of people, cool. and a lot of people don't know the summary connection with him, right? So I think that's uh, that's something that people will learn. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, Sudbury hasn't been too good at, at, over the past couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any like younger guys that you got to interview, or uh, like, for example, Quentin Byfield, somebody that you know everybody was kind of looking at in mm -hmm. the draft a couple of years ago? Was there any good stories that you could pick from him, or? Uh, I didn't get to speak to really like I'm trying to think of I didn't speak to anybody too too recent. I think a lot of guy a lot of guys who were still playing, I think, you know, mid-season or things like that. Uh, I didn't really speak to a lot of um kind of current players, uh, at least not directly. I mean, I would pick stuff just through my research, but no, I didn't I didn't speak to Quinn Byfield, which would have been cool, but I mean, he's he's focusing on trying to make the NHL. I'm yeah. sure he doesn't want to talk to some guy about uh, <laughs> the Subway Wolves, but um you know, I spoke with uh you know, you guys know Zach Stortini. That, yep. uh, he, he was he was a coach at the time and he's moved on to the ahl um and he, he retired from pro hockey and he not that long ago in the scheme of things i spoke to him like two years ago now so he had only been retired for for a few years um so he was pretty cool to talk to i mean and uh a really nice guy i mean he was a as an enforcer his whole career and and uh you could see if you know he wouldn't <laughs> you know i was talking to him it's like you see his hands it's like holy geez but really nice guy so he was he was cool to talk to and uh 
Yeah, but as far as sort of younger, more recent players, not no, I didn't really speak to any of them. It was more the the guys kind of reflecting on those earlier years, which I mean, for a history project, is kind of what you want, right? That Quinn and Byfield ask one question. He's like, "Well, that was that was like a year ago, you know." Yeah, yeah. Like, where's a guy? Where's a guy who played 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago? It's you know, like I'd be hearing things I would never have found out, right? So especially yeah. now, like in the modern era, there's so much more coverage of sports in general. Whereas like back then, you know, there might be a Sudbury Star article, you know, once or twice a week about the game, but now there's podcasts and all this stuff. So for the more recent stuff, there were so many more resources where as, as great as an interview would have been, like I can get so much information. I can get a quote from the guy that he gave to someone else and just uh, cite it, pardon me. And that uh, that's what, um, just do it that way. But uh, yeah. Now, now you, you mentioned that you talked to Sordini like about two years ago. How long did this, this process of putting the book together take? I mean, really, like I said, we, we uh, formally sort of came together to do it in 2019 with Mike and Mark. Um, and I, I started to do a little bit of research in that time uh, before they they indicated that they really couldn't uh, commit to it. Um, so I would say really of like sort of, so technically since 2019, but the, the most sort of rigorous, like just me doing it was about two years now, factoring in that we weren't releasing it until September, yeah, right. It's a 50th anniversary book. So right. had my deadline been different, I would have, you know, obviously tried to move a little quicker. So I had some time, but uh, you know, I worked over the course of two or three years uh, because that's the amount of time I had, and and uh, yep. you know, we wanted to release it for this anniversary. But I mean, in terms of total hours, I really couldn't tell you because I would just kind of work on it when I could, and and then you have to factor in time spent in the library and things like that. <laughs> but um, I mean, it was it was a lot of work, but I enjoyed doing it and. I wouldn't do it if I, if I wasn't enjoying it and it was, ne it never felt, uh, overly, uh, like, like work, you know, it's, it's just, it was, it was fun. So I'm, I'm glad now that people get to finally read and enjoy it, hopefully enjoy it. And, uh, just to share it with people. Cause at a certain point it was like, okay, I just want to get this thing done. And, and <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah like I, I was enjoying it, but at a certain point it's like, okay, like I want, I want to just, uh, I want to just let people read it now. <laughs> well, it's all consuming too, right? When you're putting a book together, it's what you're doing every single day, trying to make sure this thing, A, gets done, but B, meets, meets the deadline. So exactly, yeah, it yeah. becomes that process where it's like, I am done with this. I want to just get it off into the editor's hands and see it become a final product because then, then you free yourself up to do something else. Well, exactly. Uh, I mean, you could work on it forever, right? Like, I mean, there's yeah. so much, right? Like, you know, I, uh, I had to, because I wanted to keep it like it's, just a, a little over 200 pages. I wanted to keep it you know, enough where people feel like, you know, they're getting something out of it, but yeah. like that they're, that they're actually going to like finish it and not be like, okay, I, I didn't need to know the details of every single game. I just, wanted <laughs> to, you know, so, so, um, you know, I, uh, that, that was the thing too, just kind of trying to, you know, keep it, uh, detailed and stuff, uh, concise, but still informative. So, uh, yeah. And then at a certain point, just, yeah, get, like you said, just getting it onto the next person and, and getting it out there. One thing for me, obviously, when you're doing research on stories, and we've had people on the show as well, where we get to talking stories and then the mics go off, and then we get the real stories. Yeah. I'm wondering for you, was there stories that someone said, hey, you could put this in if you want to, but it was just maybe a little bit too uh, too juicy to put in a book that might have stirred up either some emotions or maybe past rivalry or something like that. You're like, ah, this might not get in there. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing I can think of. Like, so most of the interviews, because again, started a lot of this, and you know, the interviews really geared up around 2020. Um, so it was COVID stuff, right? So a lot of it was over the phone. I did meet with Zach Stortini in person. I met with a few people in person, but a lot of other people would just be over the phone, just you know, for logistics. And sometimes stuff wasn't open, so like, where are we going to meet? Um, 
but uh no like i mean i i, I had a tape recorder so when whenever i'd start a conversation i'd say like hey the recorder's running so they knew that it was recording and of course yeah. if somebody told me like don't include that but there was no that i think because the recorder was running anybody everybody was like you know pretty like uh you know they were aware of that so there was nothing not too outrageous um that i can think of and then afterwards you know we would we would chat a little bit but nothing nothing too crazy i can really think of and or that i could think of including no i mean maybe if i had spent some more time with them but this is also too it's like a it's a history project too so it's like it's not like i was asking them like spitting chicklets type questions right like it's like, <laughs> oh, you yeah. know it yeah but you like, know what even in a history project though there are things that you can bring up hey remember just because it's an anniversary right as well you could say right. there was this game that happened where just per se big fights broke out hey you were involved in that what was it Right, what actually right. happened? What led to this? You know, and then that could, and then someone reading it later be like, that's not what happened. Right, <laughs> right, right. Another right. guy no, the record. You mentioned that sort of merging the two people you asked me about, Randy Carlisle and Joe Bowen. Joe Bowen did tell a story, and I included this in the book, because then I asked Randy about it, that um, it was after the Wolves had won in the 70s. Carlisle was still a player, had won like a big playoff game, and they were in Ottawa. They had just eliminated Ottawa. So then they went out for a big dinner and on the owner, his name is Bud Burke. He said, uh, he said, uh, you know, the boys, you can order whatever you want. Like you have the credit card, like, you know, celebrate and enjoy. Like they were, they were advancing on to the, the conference finals. So it was, it was pretty big. Um, so then Joe Bowen, the way he told the story, like just like Randy Carlisle and, and uh, another, you know, a few players just went completely over the top and ate like, He's like, oh, yeah, they ate, like, two steaks and three pies, and they just completely ate all this food. So then I brought that up to Randy Carlisle. I'm like, oh, I just spoke with Joe Bowen, and he said this and that. He's like, he's like, oh, he's 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 always making – he's always exaggerating that. Like, whenever he's at banquets, he's always – you know, if I'm in the building, he loves to tell that story. He's like, yes, we, w- we went over the top, but, like, you know, I didn't eat – four plates of spaghetti like he says like that's not what happened so just stuff stuff like that i like that yeah. story too and it was good that the timing that i got to speak to joe first and then randy so that, that's one that kind of stood out of kind of guys maybe uh ribbing each other a bit but uh yeah stuff like that like kind of more family friendly stuff too nothing uh nothing too uh nothing too crazy that i can recall coming up now obviously we just saw the the opener the the building rock and everybody's excited um did the wolves reach out to you and say we want to do a night with the book or we want to do something with the book to kind of amp it up here um obviously this is huge so it's a a big project Mm -hmm. and i'm sure the sub wolves would love to be you know in on this this season have they reached out to you is there something in the works that we should know about yeah they've been really great honestly they've been really supportive so uh i was there at the home opener with like a booth and so people could, you know, I, I would, they could buy the book and I would sign it and they have it in their, their store. They have a gift shop in the mall here in Sudbury, as well as at the Sudbury arena. So people can buy books through the Sudbury Wolves there. Um, and then uh, other stuff, like I think I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be going to a home game in the near future. And they're going to do like a giveaway, like randomly pick somebody and give the book away. Um, and then, uh, you know, they have a night on the f- November 4th, like the 50th anniversary night. So I'm hoping yep. to be in- involved in that in some capacity. I mean, uh, you know, I don't mean to be involved, sorry, but I feel like the book will tie into that in some capacity, right? Like people will be excited about the 50 years. I know that there's the, uh, the they're, they're planning on doing a Jersey retirement in February. I don't know who it is. I think that obviously they're keeping it secret, I think, till till closer to the date. So again, I mean, I would just go to that as a fan, but maybe again, because it's part of the history and so on, um, perhaps I'd be involved there. But no, they, they seem pretty open really to for having me come by and, and be there just to sign books if people are interested and, and things like that. Um, uh, 
but uh, specific sort of plans like that. I mean, I think, uh, you know, they've been pretty welcoming and, and things like that. Um, but, uh, and then the, what's the other night? The Shoresy night. I was hoping to somehow get involved. Oh, I don't know yeah. if you heard about this. Uh, yeah. I was hoping to get involved in the Shoresy night. And again, when I say get involved, I don't expect to be like center, front and center. But I, what I mean is just be there and be like, hey, you like the walls? Here's a book. But, you know, but, um, you know, not, not to be so, uh, to, so self-serving, but I just mean, you know, it's all sort of part, it's an exciting time of the year. And I think, uh, people will be, you know, kind of, uh, you know, it'll get people thinking about like, oh, 50 years, like, oh, wow. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of history there. It's like, oh yes, there is <laughs> as a matter of fact. Right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but I mean, I think, you know, people so far, it's only been out for a week, but I've gotten some good feedback from those who have somehow finished it already, which is kind of cool. So I think people are, are, are enjoying it. And uh, uh, I mean, I hope they do. I look forward to hearing more about it. And yeah, but the Wolves have been really great in, in, in including including me as a part of that. And I think they appreciate the sort of the, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that the book's sort of celebrating the team for sure. Now, you've got this book done. Obviously, it's just under your belt. You're starting to celebrate this one. Is there more in your future for writing these kind of books, whether it's the history of a team or just writing about something in hockey? Uh, is that something you mo look more to do? Obviously, Mike's got the first, second, now coming the third period. Mm -hmm. um, so are you following in those footsteps or is this one and done for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like you said, like I'm just kind of in, you know this uh, enjoying this process and it just came out. But no, certainly I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I think once this sort of settles down and and uh you know um it's sort of passed I, I i could see myself doing something else if the right project comes up i, I don't have anything in mind in sp specifically right now i don't know if i would do another team history just because i don't know what other team i would like i'm a Leafs fan there's there's already there was a centennial history done a few years ago i'm not gonna do that um and uh you know who am i the Leafs are gonna be you know there's probably 100 people that want to write that book but um so so uh you know and then other than that like i mean uh you know, I would write the history of a team, but I think it's a lot more fun when you're actually a fan of the team. Like, yes. me, right? Like me writing it. But I mean, I would do it, but like writing about like some other junior team, I'd be like, well, I don't know, I don't really, <laughs> I don't remember any of this. I've never been to a Sarnia Sting game or whatever it is, right? So, um, uh, but other stuff, you know, you never know, like hockey history stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff that's gone on. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty interested. In, there's been a lot of um, like you look at the early history of the NHL, like. Um, there's a lot of, uh, kind of stuff that went on when, when the players tried to form their first players association, you know, yeah. when they trade, they traded Ted Lindsay and all that. I mean, that's been told before, but there's other kind of crazy, like there's, you know, elements to it. Like James Norris, his son, I guess James Norris Jr. Used to like hang out with like mobsters and like, there's like weird, like, there's like kind of crazy, like almost like a, uh, you know, history that's known, but I feel like not, not a lot of people know about. So I can see myself maybe diving into something like that, uh, you know, if I had the right sort of. Uh, framing of it but uh so yeah no I, I think i don't think this will be it i mean if it is you know so be it I, i've enjoyed it but uh no i'm definitely definitely planning on you know hopefully doing something in the future well we'd be looking forward to it for sure and we're looking forward to this one i'm very excited to get it in my hands and get to start reading it myself i uh, should be here very shortly pumped for that by the way um, thank you yes and scott where can everyone find you on social media uh where can they interact with you where can they get the book uh, obviously you want to get that all out there for everyone to see and listen to. Perfect. Great. Yeah. So Twitter, Scott Miller underscore 93, um, helped me grow my very minimal following. Um, I, I got Twitter like six months ago. My publisher's like, you need to get Twitter. I'm like, okay. Um, so, uh, and then, uh, to get the book you can get it, uh, you can get it really anywhere you get books. Normally you can get it through my publisher, Latitude 46. 
uh, Latitude 46 Publishing. You can get it on uh, Indigo, like Chapters. They have some on their website, Amazon, uh, you know, other, other Barnes & Noble, I think. And then uh, for those people who are in Sudbury or, or would be in Sudbury, you can get it in stores at uh, Greater Sports in the mall, which is owned by the Sudbury Wolves. Um, but other than that, yeah, if you're ordering it online, basically anywhere you normally get your books. And uh, yeah, so yeah, th th thank you guys for having me on and, and talking about this. And let me know what you think when you do get a chance to read it. I'd, I'd be interested to hear. I will definitely make sure to drop you a line. And when it does get here, I'll make sure to uh, make a tweet and everything like that. Same with Dylan. Um, Scott, I want to thank you for taking the time. I know you're probably busy with a lot of different things, but make sure you get out and check out this book. And it's going to be an amazing read from cover to cover. Why not? Get her done. Scott, thank you so much for joining Offside Hockey Talk tonight.